Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Germany in Focus, a podcast from the local all about the news and talking points across Germany. We're recording this on December 14th and this is our last episode of the year and it's a bit of a bonus episode. We really wanted to do this because we have a special interview with German member of the Bundestag, Hakan Demir. He's from the Social Democrats and he's going to talk about the planned citizenship law changes. We are also going to talk about the German word of the year and our panelists will have a look ahead to what 2023 has in store for people living in Germany. And we'll finish off by talking about the German love of fireworks and where it comes from. I'm your host, Rachel Loxon, and I'm in Berlin today with two of our regular panelists, Sarah McGill and Aaron Burnett. Hello, both of you. Hi, Rachel. Hello, and Merry Almost Christmas. Froa Almost Weihnachten. Are you both well? Very well. Very much looking forward to the Christmas holidays. Absolutely. But there's there's a lot of shopping still to do. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Lots of food to buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to watching lots of films. <laughs> Every year, the German Language Society chooses its word of the year. And for 2022, that word is Seitenwende, an expression that was used by Chancellor Olaf Scholz in his speech after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In English, it means something like sea change. Aaron, do you think this is a good choice? Rachel, it's an excellent choice. Yeah? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a sea change or changing of the time, kind of like an era ends and then a new one begins. It's a very significant word. And it really does capture the type of discussion we've been having in Germany this year about what kind of role we want Germany to play in the world. Do we want a Germany that stands up for the right things? So with Ukraine against the Russian invasion, with its European friends and allies that share a border with Russia, like the Baltic countries and Finland, or on the side of human rights when we talk to authoritarian countries like China, for example, and crucially, are we willing to back that up with German money, whether that's for military equipment or financial aid for mm -hmm. Ukraine, for example? Are we willing to really back up with money what we say? Or are we keen to get back to business as usual when the war ends and trade human rights for access to the Chinese market or for cheap Russian gas? This really is the core question behind the word and the concept Seitenwende and your next question, has there been one? Yeah. Yeah. And it really depends on who you ask, uh, the answer you get. There's a lot of discussion and debate around this in Germany and abroad. Ben Tallis, uh, who has spoken to us before at The Local and who leads the Seitenwende project at the German Council on Foreign Relations, they have a dedicated project to Seitenwende, wrote an article called What Seitenwende? Oh, so really questioning if there has been a sea change at all in Germany. Yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of great questions in there. Um, we haven't seen a lot of the money yet for defense. 
A lot of weapons shipments to Ukraine have been delayed and delayed this year for very strange reasons. And while Germany has given around $12 billion to Ukraine, either directly or through the EU, given the size of the German economy, there's definitely room for more from the government. But when it comes to the German people, I would say there has been a Zeitenwende. Around 70% are willing to put up with higher prices to support Ukraine mm-hmm. uh, are and this willing. This is according to polls. Yeah, this is according to several polls. You know that ask things like, "Are you willing to pay higher prices if it means that you support Ukraine? Are you willing to take in more refugees from Ukraine?" Even over eighty percent, according to polls, want the government to be more independent of China, or want the German economy to be more independent of China, and want the government to do more on all of these questions. So, if we look at public opinion rather than just at what the government is doing, we we do see. I think, a sea change. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. And I do feel like this has been a year when Germany has been forced to do a lot of looking inward and soul searching after the Angela Merkel era and the relations with Russia and everything that's happened, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, polls from before the invasion of Ukraine show that many of the public were broadly supportive of what Germany was uh, doing with the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, Mm -hmm. for example. And now we've seen that a lot of people really are questioning uh, whether that was the right decision. There's still a number of people in Germany who would rather go back to the old way because we have seen a lot of marches, for example, over the past months about the rising energy prices and the changing energy policy. Definitely. We have certainly seen protests around Germany, especially in eastern Germany, but there's been various protests around Germany who of people who are wanting even links towards Russia to be mm-hmm. restored in order to, because they believe that there will be a relief on on, on prices, if that happens, just as, as one example, who are concerned about the rising cost of living and saying that this is a way to address that. According to polls, we do see that this might be quite a loud minority. It seems as if at least 75% of Germans are really on board with the idea that there has to be more independence from authoritarian regimes like Russia to support countries like Ukraine. Always sight and vendor. Yeah, always sight and vendor, exactly. <laughs> Great. And Sarah, what about some other runners-up words on, on this list? Can you tell us anything about them? Yeah, well, the whole list reflects, you know, what's been going on in Germany this year. Some of the words like gas price bremse, gas price cap, mm-hmm. and inflationsschmerz, inflation pain, reflect Ooh. some of the, yeah. yeah. That one hurt. Yeah. It's kind of ironic that gas price bremse is a word of the the year this year when we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's a good point. It, there's I been know, so much would, discussion about it. We would have liked it earlier, yeah. Mr. Schultz. In, yeah, in January, <laughs> we were looking at starting to get that in place, but <laughs> irony. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, one word that has certainly be one, been one of the top words of the year for the local was the nine euro ticket. That's at place eight in the list. Oh. Yeah, and yeah. my well, I have to say my personal favourite is Klimakleber which means climate stickers. That's and a great one. Yeah, it is great. Rolls off the tongue, right? Klimakleber, K-L. <laughs> exactly. And that's, um, you know, about people that have stuck themselves to various things in protest against climate inaction. What else is good? Doppelwumms, meaning double whammy. That's a really a really nice one. And that reflected the the energy packages that yeah. uh, Schultz put together. Yeah, and and also things like uh, sort of more unemployment and higher inflation at the same time. We don't 
often see those two things come together, uh, economically speaking, but we're seeing it now. Yeah, so it's a, it paints a bit of a gloomy picture. One thing that's also interesting is the Glühwein Weltmeisterschaft. I love this one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just mention that word to Aaron and he lights up. Absolutely, Glühwein. yeah. But it's a good one because we don't normally drink Glühwein while there's a World Cup on. It exactly. Normally it's held at a different time of year. Exactly. It certainly uh, sums up the situation of having a World Cup at Christmas. We're heading into a new year soon, and there are a few things to look out for in the coming months that affect people in Germany. Let's talk first about the energy crisis and inflation. We've seen prices spiral upwards this year. What's going to happen next year, Aaron? Well, according to the economists that we've spoken to at the local, unfortunately, we're not going to see a break in inflation just yet. We may start to see one towards the end of the year or into next year, depending on what happens with the war in Ukraine, for example, as well as a few other variables like whether China relaxes zero COVID a bit more. We are likely to see a recession in the first part of next year. Economists did originally predict, though, that we'd be seeing one already, and we aren't. So that's giving some hopes that the recession won't be as bad as first thought, as first forecast. Mm -hmm. The gas price cap uh, that we were just talking about will be in effect from January until April. So prices on 80% of standard gas use by both businesses and households uh, will be capped at 12 cents a kilowatt hour with the government stepping in to cover costs that are over that cap level. We're also going to see some raises in certain payments. Bogogelt, or citizen's allowance, which replaces long-term unemployment, the Hatsfia. This payment is going to get a bump uh, starting on January 1st, people who are getting that. Housing allowances, or what's called Wohngeld, as well as child allowances, what's called Kindergeld, are also slated to go up. And your pension contributions will also become completely tax deductible. And the amount that anyone earns before they have to pay tax is going up a little bit. And home office. I think at the moment, about 600 euros is the tax allowance for that. It's going up to 1,000. That's right. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So reflecting new working realities. Interesting. And all to ease the inflation, as we've mentioned. Yeah. And you'll find fuller breakdowns on these amounts on our website and show notes. So be sure to check those for a little bit more detail as to the amounts you can expect. And another big topic that we've been talking about is the nine-euro ticket. We're going to see a follow-up to that. Sarah, do we know when this will launch and how much we will pay? Well, in short, no, we don't know exactly when it will launch. Um, the latest this question has been with us for months. It has, and the date keeps getting pushed back and back. Originally, it was due to launch on January first. Then it was March first. Now it's April first or May first. So hopefully, we'll see it in time for the summer. But what we do know is that it's going to cost forty nine euros a month. That has already been set in stone, pretty much. And it will be um, available through a subscription that can be cancelled monthly. And like the €9 ticket, it will be available for use throughout Germany on buses, trains, trams. So, yeah, it's going to be a big change when it eventually arrives. Whenever that is. It's a bit of a saga, that one. Yeah, and it seems to depend on who you ask. (laughs) We have some state leaders saying, yeah, sure, by the end of the first quarter, this needs to not become (laughs) a summer thing. And then others, like the Berlin mayor, are saying, no, we won't see this before May. Yeah, I mean, I think because, you know, the €9 ticket was such a huge success that 
the government and the states were then really put under a lot of pressure to follow it up with something and they tried to bring it in as quickly as possible. But unfortunately, the financing is is a big issue and it's just not been easy to, to, to get it up and running as quickly as they hoped. And this is going to last until the end of 2024. I think... I or mean, no, 2023, sorry. The end of yeah, the year. Yeah, I mean, maybe even longer than that. Yeah. If it's a success, they'll want to keep it on. Yeah, but they'll have to discuss financing again. Yes, and that will be another saga. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's just keep our fingers crossed that by <laughs> at least the May the 1st, we will all have the 49 euro ticket. Just in time for May Day. And when it comes to events, there is the Special Olympics World Games taking place in Berlin. That's happening in June next year. And this is an inclusive sports event. Anything else good happening, Sarah? Maybe not just about events, but in general, we want some positivity. Well, one definitely positive thing is that all of the public holidays, apart from January 1st, will fall again on weekdays. Oh, which is, yeah, it's something certainly to celebrate in Germany because in Germany, unlike in the UK, if a holiday falls on a weekend, you don't get that back in the week, which some of us find pretty annoying. I count myself as one of them. And me. Yeah. So. It's a very common thing in Canada as well to get a day off in lieu. But what we will say for Germany, though, is that generally there are higher amounts of paid holidays that you get as a minimum if than, you're an employee. Canada and the States, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's For true. sure, yeah. But, I mean, we've been unlucky in the last few years because Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the yeah. Germany, the, the day, the celebration on 3rd of October have all been on weekends. All weekends, yeah. Yeah, so this really affects employees, maybe not so much freelancers, but employees, they won't get the day off then. And it really depends on the, the goodwill of the employer if they're going to give people the day off. So, yeah, it's really, I find it really annoying. I I kind of wish the, the government would do something about that. I don't think it's high up on their agenda, though. I, I think it certainly isn't. Yeah, but most <laughs> people, And also the thing as well is that different states have more, some states have more holidays than others. Yes. But Bavaria, I think, has the most public holidays. And in, here in Berlin, we get among the, the least. Yeah. So yeah. maybe move to Bavaria, Rachel. Thank you, yeah. Sarah. You know, I've heard that before. I've heard from some lovely um, Bavarian readers who have recommended that that is the place to get the most public holidays. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One law change that many people in Germany hope will happen next year is the overhaul of naturalisation laws. 
Aaron, where are we at with the current plans? So, Rachel, in 2023, the Bundestag will debate a draft law that will both allow dual citizenship uh, and shorten the wait time for someone to become a German citizen. Right now, that's eight years of living in Germany, and the government wants to reduce that to five. If you achieve special integration, such as passing a B2 German test, you can currently shorten that wait to six years. The government wants to change that so that that goes down to three years instead of six. And just a clarification on the dual citizenship point, it is allowed, for example, for EU nationals, but Mm -hmm. not generally speaking for non-EU nationals. Many have to renounce their previous citizenship before coming German, or if a German applies somewhere else, they have to renounce being German, for example. The law is slated to change this. There's a few other smaller changes as well. The Interior Ministry wants to get rid of language tests for older applicants, so such as those from the Turkish guest worker generation who are older than 67, and it wants to automatically consider all children born in Germany to foreign parents as German, provided that their parents have been legally resident in Germany for at least five years. And is there still quite a bit of opposition to these draft changes, Aaron? Obviously, we were talking about this a few weeks ago. Is there still a bit of a a row about it? The short answer is yes, there is. It is a, a topic where there's quite a bit of division. We've seen some opposition from an unexpected place, which is the liberal free Democrats who are part of the government. And that's strange because many FTP MPs we spoke to, and in general, have spoken out in favor of this law before. But parliamentary leadership seems to have a problem with shortening the time frame, saying it's too fast for someone to properly integrate. The conservative Christian Democrats are opposed both to the changes in time frame and to the dual citizenship proposal. They've even spoken out against dual citizenship in Parliament, saying, no, you you should have to choose. That's led to some fears that they could block dual citizenship in the Bundesrat, and that is the German upper chamber. We have more in information on the Bundesrat in the show notes and in articles we've written before, but very quickly, it represents the states and it has to say yes to many German laws after the Bundestag passes them and conservatives there blocked dual citizenship in 1999. So that's led to some fears that history could repeat itself. And finally, the public is a bit divided as well. I mean, just over half of respondents to a recent poll said that they support the government's changes and just under half don't. Let's hear now from Hakan Demir, who is a Bundestag member and Social Democrat representing Berlin Neukölln. He is also a rapporteur on the citizenship law reform. I started off by asking him if he expects the law to change in 2023. Yeah, uh, at least this is our goal. And also um, the FDP and the Greens are committed to this goal. So um, and we have a majority in the parliament and uh, this time we don't really need uh, all the Bundesländer for uh, saying yes to that law. So I'm very quite uh, confident that we uh, will pass this law the next year, the the, the first uh, half of the year. Wow. So wow. So the next six months, they're really key here. Yeah. Good. Okay. And we also wanted to ask, why do you think there's been a strong negative reaction recently on the proposed changes, and both from members of the opposition and even in your own coalition government? I think the Conservative Party, CDU and CSU has, uh, (laughs) for, I don't know, 30 years or more, 
problem with that law. And um, so we had the same discussions in the parliament, like we had the discussions um, end of the 1990s. So uh, nothing has changed with regard to the CDU and CSU positions. So uh, that is not a good way, I think. And uh, But they, they think that they want to go this way so they can do it. And it's okay. But the FDP, as long as I know, they have just a problem with the timing. And actually, the timing is clear. So we will have the Chancenaufenthaltsrecht with regard to tolerated refugees. This is the first law that we will uh, pass. And the second law will be the law on migrants who can work here in Germany. And then we will pass the citizenship law. So actually, there's no problem with the timing. But we have started to talk about this law. So, and I think that was a problem for the FDP, but on the other hand, we have to start uh, to talk about the law to, to take lots of people with us on this uh, journey, on this way uh, to pass this law. So actually it's okay. And on the wor working ground, because there are two people who are, who will be um, responsible for the law uh, at the parliamental, uh, parliament level. Uh, this is Phyllis Pollard for the Greens and for the FDP, it's um, Stefan Tomé. And uh, we have a really good uh, connection to each other. And uh, we are not talking about that law uh, like like other people. Do. So uh, we are very committed to that law and uh, we will do everything that we will pass it next year. I do want to ask just a little bit more about the FTP at the moment, because uh, Stefan Tomei actually did speak to us at the local in favor of this law. And then sometime later, we heard from the parliamentary uh, whip that uh, they had some problems with this law. Did that come as a surprise to you, that criticism that they lodged perhaps on the wait time? And do you think that there's any risk at all that that would put the law in danger of potentially failing? Uh, failing not. I don't see that because the FTP has in its own program, on its own uh, political program, um, that they want to have a, a dual citizenship. And even they are not uh, saying after five years, uh, you can have this citizenship of, of Germany. They are uh, saying after four years. So they are more progressive than we, we what we have on the um, in the coalition contract. So I'm not afraid uh, that the law could fail, so that not. But so I don't, I don't, I don't know what why they had this this small discussion. So I don't take it that seriously that they said things about the, the timing, but also about um, yeah the law itself. Like I said uh, on the on the working ground, uh, everything is okay. Uh, so I. I don't see see um, a fierce uh, problem uh, by 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 with with regard of failing uh, of the law. So I don't see that. The only small 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 problem is maybe we won't uh, pass it in the in the first quarter uh, qu uh, in the first three months of the of twenty twenty three. Maybe later. I don't know. Maybe things like that could happen. But uh, it's not our goal. In the in the draft, we we say that after three years, a person can apply for for a citizenship and can get it. But this person needs to see one uh, language skills, so it's it's higher uh, than before. And uh, these people could or should have also, yeah, on a voluntary level, should do something for 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 the society as well. So there is a criticism about this, but I think. If, if someone is so integrated uh, into the society, 
So um, there's nothing against it to say, okay, this people, this person can receive the citizenship after three years. But I think that won't be lots of people. I think right right now we, uh, after eight years, or if you are fast, after six years, you can have the German citizenship. And now we are um, saying after five years. So uh, we are quite progressive. And if there are people in Germany that are really good in German and have C1, so they demonstrated that they want to stay in Germany and that they are interested in Germany. And um, so they should get the citizenship as well. But I think that won't be that big a number because it's hard to receive the C1 uh, after a couple of years. Okay. I, I do want to ask about uh, the Bundesrat because you've just yeah. uh, said a few minutes ago that you think you will be able to pass this law without all of the Bundesländer. Of course, historically, the CDU blocked it in 1999, blocked a proposal for dual citizenship then in the Bundesrat. Uh, so what makes you say that uh, this law might not need the approval of all of the Bundesländer? Yeah, all, all, all laws uh, needs to uh, pass the Bundesrat and, and, uh, and the Länder. Uh, but according to Article 73 of our constitution, um, everything what has to do with um, citizenship is in the responsibility and the only responsibility of the federal uh, level. Uh, that means, that doesn't mean that the Bundesrat has nothing to say, but in the Bundesrat, to stop this law, you need 35 votes out of 69. So this is the, the structure of, of, the, of the voting. And uh, I don't see 35 votes against this law. Uh, and the CDSCs who don't have, so they are integrated in some um, lender as a coalition partner, but they are integrated into coalition uh, coalitions with the Greens, with the SPD and so on. So they don't have the force right now uh, to to collect uh, 35 votes. So I don't see that. Okay. And, and Hakan, why do you think that the naturalization of foreigners is such a highly charged and emotional topic among the German population as well as politicians as well. On the on the positive level, it's about recognition. Who belongs uh, also in a judicial way to this country? It's also a symbolic and uh, emotional uh, thing. So uh, on the positive level, but on the other side uh, as well, yeah, for the conservative uh, parties, it's like okay, you're selling out the country or you're selling out uh, the citizenships, and you're making it too easy for people. But yeah, it's I think I think the point of belonging to a country or not belonging to a country uh, is is always um, yeah a point of discussion. But I think as a progressive coalition, we need to show that that we are welcoming and uh, and if people are here and working here or studying here and uh, have children here so we should make them make it easy for them to also in a judicial way uh, being uh, german and what are the next steps in this process you have uh, said that you're uh, expecting to pass this law perhaps not in the first quarter but maybe in the second yeah. that's still a little bit up in the air so um, in terms of when exactly we expect to vote but what is next for the legislative process debates that sort of thing um we just started that means we just have a draft and official in the official way uh, we as deputies we don't have the official draft yet because the, the normal process is um, that the cabinet, so the, the place of the minister, uh, needs to pass this the first draft, and then the draft come to the parliament. So we don't, we are not there. I think in the in the beginning of the next year, in January, at latest February, the cabinet will pass this law. 
all ministers will say yes to it. And after it, uh, it will come to the parliament. We will have the first reading of, of the law. And then it will come to the Committee of Internal Affairs, for instance. And then we will have the second and third reading of the law. And we will pass it at, as a parliament. And then it will go to the Bundesrat. And uh, they will pass it uh, uh, as well. And then I think we will have it then uh, in, the, in the first half year of, of 2023. So this is the process. And in the meantime, is there anything that you would suggest our readers or listeners to do while this law is being debated to advocate for it if they are in favor of it? I think it's it's important. I think the discussion, uh, we, we don't have the discussion right now on the agenda, I think, uh, right now, so this week, but it will be on the agenda all the time, more or less. So it, it will be really uh, important to, to, yes, to support it, to, to talk about it with people. And the interesting thing is as well, not to just say it's, it's for Syrian people in Germany or for Turkish people in Germany. Uh, for example, <laughs> I receive lots of mails uh, out of um, uh, US and they're uh, writing me and saying, hey, I'm, I'm German, I have the German citizenship, and, but I want to have the US citizenship as well. So uh, can I have the dual citizenship then as well or not? So they're um, talking to me, to me as well. And I'm saying, yes, it's, it's also for you. So it's not only for, for people who are just living here in Germany or who, are, who have a Turkish migration background or Syrian migration background. It's uh, for uh, all people. So we, we, we need to yeah, talk about this as well. And we need to talk about also um, that this law will strengthen the democracy as well. Because we have 5 million people in Germany. They live here. This is their country, but they're not entitled to vote so or elected. So this is not good for democracy uh, as well. So we have to talk about this law also um, in the framework of how we can strengthen the democracy. And I think it's better for the democracy if people who are living here should vote. So this is also one argument for this uh, law. And you tweeted recently that you and your parents became German citizens in 1999. And I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind sharing, Hakan, how did this impact your life and how does it inform how you feel about the plans to relax citizenship laws today? Yeah, I, I, I can remember that my, my parents were very happy and they um, were recognized. Uh, and uh, the, the first elections they, they took part in, um, they were very um, open and they, they were happy to, to, to vote. And they voted <laughs> this time for the Social Democratic Party. So it's also good. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, there that, 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 that was a change of feelings uh, because they were... Yeah, totally recognized by this country after 20, 30 years. So this was good. But the not good thing was that they needed to give up their older citizenship. So the Turkish citizenship, that was not good. So they were uh, like, oh, okay, uh, I have to give up something. So this was also an unhappy uh, event as well for them. But in the long run, long run uh, yeah, it was it was good to ha to have this recognition. But for instance, for my grandfather, uh, he didn't have the German citizenship, so um, and uh, he he doesn't live anymore. But we have lots of older people from the first generation of the guest workers. They live, <laughs> but we need to hurry up because they they lived here, they worked here 30, 40 years, and they need that recognition as well. For, for me, they are German, and they, they built up this country like uh, with their German colleagues. And so 
uh, we need to recognize them as well. And the law sees also some paragraphs that will give them the German citizenship also in a fast way. So for instance, they don't need to have the B2 language skill and so on. So we will make it for them easier as well because they are living here, they worked here, they showed that they are part of this country. Excellent. Thank you so much, Hakan. That was really, really um, brilliant to hear from you. And yeah, we're so happy that you had the time to come on and talk to us. You're welcome. Thank you. Since the COVID pandemic, one thing that we haven't seen much of on Sylvester or New Year's Eve in Germany is fireworks. That's because the sale of rockets and firecrackers for use at home was banned in the last two years. But fireworks are back with a bang. I'm really sorry I had to say it. Couldn't help yourself. (laughs) I could not help it. Guys, why are Germans obsessed with fireworks on New Year's? Well, it goes back to a long time to Germanic tribes. Yeah, pagan uh, traditions. Uh, They would shoot off uh, fireworks to ward off evil spirits. That's how it all started. Yeah. And and can can you guys set the scene? How how bad is it? I mean, I feel like it's really bad in Berlin. It's a war zone in Berlin. I remember my first New Year's Eve in Berlin, and I would, I yeah, I thought I'd literally arrived on a battlefield. People throwing throwing fireworks in the middle of the street. It's just crazy and terrifying. I remember uh, taking my mum once when she was here over Christmas to the Brandenburg Gate to see the mm-hmm. the fireworks there. And the, the trip home was um, something else. It felt like we were dodging all kinds of incoming projectiles. You had to be very alert. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So as you said, Aaron, it dates back to a long time ago. But nowadays, what happens is people just stock up on tons and tons of kind of these mini fireworks from the shops. All shops sell them for like a number of days in the run up to New Year's Eve. And they let go, they shoot the fireworks out of wine bottles and stuff. It's really crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll see uh, fireworks displays, mini ones everywhere. Uh, Mm -hmm. You'll walk somewhere for 20 minutes and there'll be, you know, small groups of people shooting them in fields or in parks or on just on their street or wherever. But there's there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's uh, restrictions in place for most of the rest of the year on fireworks sales. So people really take advantage of the opportunity when they can just, when anyone can just go in and and buy. The German fireworks industry says that New Year's Eve related sales account for at least 40% of everything they sell in a full year. That is a lot. Yeah, expect to dodge rockets, clean up your street the next day, and uh, sorry, it won't be fun for your pets. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I would, I definitely cannot deal with it at all. And yeah, so the reason that the, there were bans on the sales of fireworks and people were recommended not to use them is because of the, the burden on paramedics and healthcare during mm-hmm. the pandemic. Sarah, is it going to be as wild as it was pre-pandemic? Well, I think it might be a little bit more subdued. Maybe there will be gangs of teenagers marauding the streets, terrorizing people, but I think, (laughs) (laughs) which I think, but uh, the Brandenburg Gate celebrations, for example, won't have fireworks this year. Um, They're going to have a light show instead, which they say is for safety reasons. And Mm -hmm. there'll also be a much smaller number of people 
able to attend there. Also in Munich, fireworks have been banned in the city centre on New Year's Eve. So I think mm. things might be a little bit calmer in the main areas where people usually watch firework displays. But, but in terms of parties, I think people might really go nuts because they haven't been able to gather in a big group for two years for Sylvester. So there could be some pretty big celebrations going on, but maybe not with so many fireworks. Yeah. And I think Berlin also has some restrictions in place, but much less than the previous years. Okay. And we'll post links to these stories in the show notes as always. And that's all for this week and this year. I'd like to say thank you so much to you, our listeners. We are very happy that more and more people are joining in to listen to the podcast every week. And also a very big thank you to our brilliant panellists and guests who have provided such great analysis over the last months. And thank you again to today's panellists, Sarah McGill and Aaron Burnett, and to German Bundestag member Hakan Jamir, as well as our sound engineer, Rhys Edwards. I'm Rachel Loxin, and we'll see you in January. Until then, take care. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.